Father, those going through the trial of sickness or illness or injury, we ask your Holy Spirit to comfort them, Father, and we just send healing to them in Jesus' name. That angels come and bring healing, Lord, to that household of Doris's granddaughter. Let every member in that household feel better today, Father. Let them recover fully with no lasting effects, Father, of whatever um, circumstances are going on there, Lord. We just lift them up in prayer today. We lift up everyone else, Lord, that can't be here today for whatever reasons. Lord, protect this church family and all church families, Lord, that honor you and give glory to you and serve your name. Father, thank you for your protection this last week over Paul's daughters, Lord. Thank you for Amanda, Lord, doing so well in a new home and a new environment. Bless her, Lord. Bless her today. In Jesus' name we ask. Father, for everyone that needs a healing touch in their body today, we just command it in the name of Jesus. For your word says that by your stripes we are healed. I claim healing, Father, in my own body, in my knees. I'm asking, Lord, for those new knees to come and be delivered from that body parts warehouse in heaven. And anyone else, Father, who needs a touch from God today in their body, we just ask for it now in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, touch us today. Pray for our sons and for our daughters, our grandsons, our granddaughters. Father, we pray, Isaiah 54, 13, all our children shall be taught of the Lord. And great shall be the peace of our children. We pray Isaiah 54, 17 today. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against us in judgment shall be condemned. For this is the heritage of the saints. And our righteousness is of you, God. We pray Isaiah 49, 25 today. The captives of the warriors shall be released. And the plunder of tyrants shall be retrieved. For you will fight for those, you will fight those who fight us and your children, our children, our sons, our daughters, you will save. Thank you for the power of the blood of Jesus. Minister to each heart here today. Father, we just quiet ourselves before you. Give us a glimpse of what this song means. In the cross, be my glory ever. Let's just sing that first verse again before we end this part. 447, the first verse. Jesus, keep me near the cross. There a precious cross. 
this time here this morning with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Happy Sunday, everybody. I actually see some brownness out there in the, in the area, so that means that the snow is going to start melting. And Oh, boy, we got so much snow that we're going to have rivers flowing by our homes this year. But, you know, they said we needed moisture, and we're going to get it, so... All of it's going to be to the glory of God. Much like our reading for it today, it's a very long one. It's about the death of Lazarus. Um, Jesus talks about the death being to the glory of God. The Bible is the story of God's glory. God, glory is word used in the Bible to describe God's eternal splendor and majesty. God is described as a sovereign king whose kingdom extends over all the earth. God created people in his image to share in his glory, and he endowed them with gifts, enabling them to honor him with their lives. But then sin enters the world when Adam and Eve decided to live for themselves instead of submitting to the will of God. Much of the Old Testament records mankind's inability to live according to God's standard because of sin. Instead of glorifying God with their lives, humankind shames God because of their sin, and we have a tendency to live by the way of the world instead of the way of God. God glorifies himself by providing a way of salvation, redeeming mankind and empowering them to once again honor God with their lives. The prophet Ezekiel outlines God's plan for the redemption of his people. In Ezekiel 36, verses 22 through 27, it says, It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations. The nations will know that I am the Lord, when through you I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanliness, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove your heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statues and be careful to obey my rules. Everything that we do in life, we're supposed to do to the glory of God. And one of the podcasts I had during the past three weeks, we talk about the glory of God. Paul says, everything we do, whether we eat, whether we drink, whatever we do, we do to the glory of God. And today in our reading, Jesus also talks about the fact that what he is going to do is going to be to the glory of God. It's interesting that our story for today, the death of Lazarus, is, has a bookends on both sides. Before coming to this point, he's in Judea and the Judean authorities wanted to stone Jesus. They were out to get him. 
And after this event that happens here, the same thing is happening. Now the Jews are out there and they want to, they're having, we're gonna, it's not in our reading for today, but as I was going through it in Second John, talks about what they're trying to do because they're upset by the fact that Jesus has raised Lazarus and because of what he did, people were starting to flock and believe in Jesus. And they were getting upset. And some of the readings that we go through the, the lectionary series and so forth, I remember reading one of them, they say, you know, they talk about this, but they don't, they failed to mention what happened afterwards. And that's really what's coming to the point where we're coming up with Easter, what happened after Lazarus was risen from the dead. But we're going to go through this today. I'm going to read it here, but I'm also going to talk about it as we're going through it as well. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, in whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. You know, they were, they were kind of like a close-knit family. And Jesus and Mary and Martha and Lazarus were, were really, they communed together a lot. So there's a special bond between the three of them, or actually four of them. And it says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. It makes you wonder what's going on now. If you hear of somebody being ill in your family, what do you do? You normally just jump in your vehicle and off you go. Because you want to get there. But Jesus stayed two days longer, so you know there's got to be a plan in store. Why did Jesus wait for two more days? It's a day's travel to get there. And after all, Lazarus was only sick. So you get the message that Lazarus was sick. So, but Jesus says, it will not result in death. Everything will be all right, and he does not go. After he said to his disciples, he said, let us go to Judea again. So this is after the two days. He said, let's go to Judea again. But the disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and you're going there again? Like I said earlier, he was there, and they were ready to stone him. They didn't like him. Jesus answered them and said, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of the world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. So now word got back to Jesus that Lazarus had died. But again, Jesus does not look at it as death. He looked at it as being asleep. And you can imagine what the disciples are thinking. Well, he's just falling asleep. He'll wake up again. 
You know, when we go to bed at night, we fall asleep, we take a, a nap in the afternoon, you know, just, he's just taking a nap. But the disciples didn't really understand what Jesus was talking about. And they say, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. But Jesus had spoken of his death and they thought he meant taking a rest and sleep. And then Jesus basically had to just plainly say it. Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. Once again, now we're coming into the plan. You know, Jesus didn't go after, he's waited two more days to go. He's saying, I'm glad I wasn't there. And you're thinking, well, why wasn't he glad? Why wasn't he there? If you think about how everything is transpiring, Jesus is, what did he do? Everywhere he went, he healed people. He made the blind to see. And, and so if he would have been there when Lazarus was sick, it had been easy to make him heal, make him better, but that would have not been to the true, fully glory of God. There had to be a bigger plan at stake. And Jesus says, well, let us now go to him. Now Thomas, called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Again, Jesus is entering hostile territory. They were ready to stone him. So you can imagine if he's coming back into town, they're ready to get after him again. And so the disciples said, well, we're going to die with Jesus if we're going into town. It almost sounds like a little mini army going in with a hostile takeover. You know, there's conflict going on. Continuing in verse 17. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. That's important. That's really significant because at the time, the Jewish people had believed that the soul had hung around the body for three days. Four days. So that makes you think, okay, so Jesus stayed two days out to make sure that we got the four days in there because now when you got four days, he's dead. I mean, there's no hope at all anymore. Lazarus is totally dead. Four days gone. The spirit is gone from him. Everything is, and he's probably starting to decay as well. So there's a lot at stake on the four days. He had been in the tomb for four days. And that's the most, one of the most important facts about this. You talk about the belief. Everybody says, well, it's been four days. It's too late. He can't do anything about it. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to counsel them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. It's interesting how the, how the plot has twisted a little bit. Remember when Jesus was in the house with Mary and Martha? Who was sitting at Jesus' feet but Mary? Who was doing all the busy work in the house but Martha? But now it is Mary who stays behind. And it's Martha who goes out and meets Jesus out at the edge of town. 
Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Mary and Martha, they knew Jesus. They knew about the kingdom. They knew what God was about. They knew about the resurrection. And they were well aware about that. So when Jesus says, your brother will rise again, Martha said to her, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. But then Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who believes and lives in me shall never die. And then he asked the question, do you believe this? Jesus is saying, I am, this is one of the several I am's in the scriptures. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, like Lazarus just did, yet he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. There's a lot of twisting around in the words in there. But it's all truth and factual because Jesus said it. If you believe in God, believe in Jesus Christ, you will not die. Do you believe this? He asks. She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. She believes. Mary believes. They all believed in Jesus Christ. And when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not come into the village. He was still in the outskirts of town, but he was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house counseling her saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposedly that she was going to the tomb to weep there. See, back in the day when somebody had died, your friends and relatives were all coming in the house. There, and I, don't, I just remember reading a little bit about the first three days, there's, there's serious crying. The next three days, there's... There's a level down from crying, and then the rest of the 30 days is just kind of like a mourning period. So they had different types of mourning for that time. And so these people were coming to, to Mary and Martha to, to counsel them because of their loss. And, they, and it was customary also to go to the tomb and, and mourn there as well. So when they saw Mary leaving, it's like, oops. Everybody gets up out of the house and they go. You can imagine this caravan going out following Mary to the tomb. Now, when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying, Here are these words again Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, 
He was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. As, as I'm reading these words, I become somewhat emotional with that. As if I'm being drawn into the story. Because there's weeping, there's crying, there's sadness. And they realize that if Jesus would have been there, Lazarus would not have died. And they know that. But yet, he died anyway. And it's been four days. And, and Jesus coming into it, being surrounded by all these people, Mary, Martha, and all these people that were there, he gets caught up into the emotion of it as well. He says, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, Come and see. Jesus wept. The emotion that's going on there is very heavy. There's a lot, a tremendous a lot going on here in our scripture for today. Jesus waited two days to come. Lazarus is dead for four days. It's the day beyond the day when the soul is gone up into separated totally from the body. And so there's a lot of emotion going on. And the Jews, when they seen Jesus crying, they said, see how he loved him. Some of the Jews said that then of course you've always got your naysayers, don't you? Just like the two thieves up on the cross. One of them rebukes Jesus and the other one praises Jesus. And here today we have some that say, see how he loved him. And then you have the other side that says, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also kept this man from dying? There's always that opportunity of people to say the negative things. We had an uh, economic development meeting in Groton um, on Friday. And one of the things that's talked about is if you want to progress in a community, sometimes you have to make the tough decision. And when you make that tough decision, guess what happens? you got the naysayers coming out. You can't be doing that. We can't afford to do that. What are you thinking of? You've got these naysayers saying all these negative things. And it's like the guy said, they're the minority. When you hear those things, you're probably in the right path, so continue on forward. These naysayers could he who would not open the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus was deeply moved again. He's emotionally filled up. And he came to the tomb. It was a cave, by the way. A cave with a stone against it. And he's been in there for four days. And I imagine the weather's pretty warm. So you're locked in the tomb. You have a body in the tomb, wrapped up in linen clothes. On hot days, for four days, yay. 
plot is thickening. Jesus says, take away the stone. Well, here, here comes Martha. No, no. She says, Lord, by this time there's an odor. He's been dead for four days. She's trying to keep it nicely neat and in order. She's thinking you pull the stone away and you can imagine the, the smell coming out of the, out of the cave. Jesus had a sitter in a place. She said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Here again, the glory of God is at work. We talk about the glory of God. Everything we do, everything we say, everything that we, whatever it is, do it to the glory of God. And, and Jesus is doing something here to the glory of God. He says, I told you. Just if you believe, the glory of God will be shown here. So, they took away the stone. Jesus lifted up his eyes. Now, Jesus, well, he did, a lot of times he didn't do things in public, you know. He basically withdrew and did stuff in private. But today was a different day. You got this big crowd here. And Jesus wants to show an example of the glory of God that is going to be at work. He says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this on the account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. Jesus is making it a point that what is about to happen is because the Father sent his Son. And he wanted the people around them to understand that. And when he did say these things, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! I'm thinking that there's, there was a moment of silence. Anticipation. This man had been dead for four days. And Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. And I bet everybody's eyes were peered on the stone, on the, on the cave entrance. Waiting to see what would happen. This is kind of a prelude to what's going to happen with Jesus. He's going to suffer. He's going to die. He's going to be in a tomb. Stone will be rolled away. And he will come out. Except when Jesus comes out, there will not be an audience like there is today. Suddenly, here comes this man coming out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, his face wrapped with a cloth. Uh, probably kind of a, 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 somewhat of a scary thing. You see all of a sudden this, this mummy type person coming out of the tomb. Got to realize he's been dead for four days. 
But with God, nothing is impossible. With God, everything is done to the glory. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. And I bet the people were just running up to him and taking all the stuff off of him. And, and there's this body that's no longer decayed or smelling, but a regular human body. Once again, Lazarus, come back to life. All to the glory of God. And when the people saw that, many of the Jews that were there had come and married, and they had seen what he did, and what did they do? They believed. And now, the rest of the story. Lazarus is set free. People believe. They're flocking to Jesus. Jesus basically made a public spectacle of himself, of God, the glory that is there. Many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary had seen what Jesus did and believed in him. But some of them, here again, got them naysayers. Some of them went and told the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. What are we accomplishing? They asked. Here is this man performing many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And then the Romans will come and take away both our temple and our nation. The plot is really getting thick now, isn't it? They're fearful they're going to lose their religion because of Jesus, who is the most perfect person coming into the world. And they're worried about their temple. Then one of them named Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year, spoke up. You know nothing at all. You do not realize that it is better for you than one man to die for the people than the whole nation to perish. He did not say this on his own, but as a high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the Jewish nation. And not only for that nation, but also for the scattered children of God to bring them together and make them one. So from that day on, they plotted to take his life. All because Jesus performed the glory of God, raising Lazarus from the dead. Thus we have the trial of Jesus coming up. Because they ain't happy. This has got to stop. They're seeing what Jesus is doing. They say, no, this, this has got to stop. We can't have this anymore. Look what he's doing. He is doing all this stuff. Making the blind see. And now this man that's been dead for four days brought him back to life. It is better for one to perish than it is for the whole nation to perish. That was their thinking. What about us? What is our thinking process? How do we feel about Lazarus? Maybe you're feeling soulless and wrapped up in things that will not let you go. 
You know, Jesus offers us a new life. We might be wrapped up into the things of this world, but Jesus can say, take off those things and let him go. Let us go. He will call us by our name and loose those which bind us. And then as other witness, the change of Jesus makes in you. You know, when they see the change that happens in us, Again, it's to the glory of God that we do all these things. Those who answer Jesus Christ's call to a new life will find a teacher and a friend through Jesus Christ and through each one of us here today. It's a story about life. Not just the shortness of time that we're living here as a human being. We're talking about life. At the beginning, we basically talked about life and death. Lazarus is alive, but then he dies. But Jesus says, I am the resurrection. Do you believe this? And that's when we have to say, yes, I do. Truly, we believe We believe that through Jesus Christ, we will have the promise of eternal life. That life is forever. And we won't have to worry about knees going out on us. We won't have to worry about illnesses and strep throats and flus and all that stuff. We won't have to worry about all the things that are ailing us as humanity. We don't have to worry about snowbanks and so forth in the world to come, because in the world to come, in the new heaven and the new earth that is coming, Jesus Christ is Lord, and everything will be perfect. And that's what we're striving for. We are striving to Jesus Christ, because we believe in God, the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ, and we believe in the Holy Spirit. And everything that Jesus does is for real. It is all recorded in the scriptures. Believe. Ask for forgiveness. Come to God with everything we have. And the glory will be shown around us. Because Jesus is life, we will have life eternally. Amen. May the grace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and minds in the true Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our Christian faith according to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Let us pray. Oh Lord, we look forward to that day when we will have the resurrection of our bodies being reunited with our souls and be able to to be in the new heaven and the new earth. But in the meantime, we are here on this tiny little planet called Earth where there is so much sin, so much sickness, so much disaster, so much war, uh, chaos going on, Lord. We ask that you be with us during these troubling times. Um, we often, we often pray to you and we look forward to an answer right away. But like you did in our reading for today, you waited for two days before responding. Again, it was to your glory, to the glory of the Father that you waited for those two days. And even in answering our prayers, when you do answer our prayers, it is to the glory of the Father. Oh, Lord. Send your spirit of wisdom, your spirit to those people, those leaders around the, around the world who need to come to you and understand what you are about. You are about peace. You are about love. You are about comfort. It is the evil one who is about war, who is about anger, who is about chaos. Given the choice, we want you, Jesus. We want you to be in our lives because we do believe. And so many people who are suffering because of the tornadoes down in the southern part of the United States, because of the flooding that's going on out in California, because of the storms wreaking havoc across the United States, because of the wars going on across the seas, there is so much going on in this world. But yet you know, Lord. You know what's going on. And you are there with those people who call upon your name. And you give them comfort. And you give them peace. We pray this all in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has given us the strength to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now receive with believing hearts the benediction of our Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious upon you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace, his love, and forgiveness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And let God's people say, Amen.